Hello, guys. We are just here to let you know that we are taking a quick break for a few weeks before we get into season seven. So starting this week, we are going to be sharing some throwback episodes with you guys. We have picked some of our favorite episodes to share with you guys. We're so excited to be planning season seven, but we will be taking a little bit of a break. We'll be back on September 20th, but until then, make sure you enjoy these throwbacks. If you've been meaning to get to an episode, go back and listen to it. Make sure you enter your questions on the website about upcoming topics that you want to hear us chat about and go watch our YouTube videos as well because we are also there. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the lesser known platform, but it's fun because you can see our faces. And see our reactions when we mess up words or say dumb stuff. (laughs) Enjoy the break. We will see you guys back in September. And until then, we love you and we miss you. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Enjoy the end of summer. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Today, we are giving you the skinny on cheat days. We're going to be talking all about them, what they are, and we don't have a lot of good things to say about them. It's going to be most of the problems with them. We have quite a few things that we see to be problematic about them. Um, And we are hoping this video will hit home because cheat days are very popular. Um, I had cheat days back in my, my fitness pal, calorie counting, macro counting days. And when I was looking up um, like information for today's video, I got on TikTok and just typed in cheat days. And of course, you know, there's tons of videos. Many of them have like millions of views. Emily and I were just talking off air about how we used to watch them on YouTube, like a 10,000 mm-hmm. calorie, like cheat days that like yeah. favorite influencers will post. So they're very popular celebrities like the rock and Terry Crews, you know, the ultra fit people like them will post about their cheat days. And so that gives us the idea that they are something that is required in order to have, you know, hashtag body goals. Yeah. It's going to be, well, I mean, Hannah, we've been doing some reflection. I think we can like end this episode with alternatives. Let's, we'll put a positive spin on it on like what you can do if you feel that you need a little bit more balance in your life and whatnot. Um, But but we will be talking, we will be breaking down. (laughs) kind of what a cheat day is and um from a anti-diet approach why it might not be giving you as many benefits as we'd like so let's kind of talk a little bit about why cheat days even seem like a good idea because we always everyone always preaches balance and everything in moderation it's just these very arbitrary things that no one really knows what it means which can be good and bad (laughs) Um, so from a cheat days perspective, it allows you this flexibility in kind of your dietary regimen where you're able to take a break from being quote unquote disciplined and allow yourself to eat some fun foods, but kind of what exactly do we think from a nine diet dietitian standpoint? And the big question is, do cheat days fit into an intuitive eating lifestyle? So Let's start it off with what is a cheat day slash what is even a cheat meal? Because that's something as well where someone might not even just have a cheat day. It might just be a cheat meal. And this is when essentially you can eat any indulgent foods that aren't typically part of your diet. And 
from a cheat day standpoint, it's a day with no rules where you can eat whatever you want, including those quote unquote bad foods that you're supposed to be avoiding. Right off the bat, (laughs) first issue is perpetuating that good versus bad food mentality that they are, these are foods that we shouldn't be eating. And, but on this one day or this one meal, we can kind of indulge. So you, as we've been preaching, food does not have a moral value. We need to kind of step up. It's, it's just food. It's just food. It, every food has different types of benefits to it. And if we continue to think, have that mindset around food, we're like, these are foods that we can only eat on this day. We start to view them a little bit more differently. And we also don't want to start to feel any like guilt after eating them or it's like, it's okay. It's on my cheat day. I ate these foods can really affect our relationship with food in the long run, which we want to avoid. We want to have a good relationship with food. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about good food, bad food mentality a million times on here, but that is, I think one of the glaringly obvious things about cheat days is it's like good foods on not cheat days, bad foods on cheat days. And it's just like, it's not that easy to define a food as good or bad. Like your bad food may not be the same as my not that I have bad foods, I'm a, instead of being dietitian, but someone else's bad foods. Yeah. So it's just not a good way to label food because like Emily said, there is so much more than just even nutrition when it comes to our food choices. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is that cheat days are essentially just planned binges. And we all know that binge eating is not a great thing. So like, why would we want to encourage that? And like, have that be something we like look forward to? I've heard arguments from people saying that, like, going back to what Emily said earlier about how binges can be seen as a good thing because they can promote flexibility or allow for flexibility. So some people will say that having these binge or these binges, these cheat days, <laughs> aka binges, these it's cheat days, binge in disguise. <laughs> yeah, exactly, with a mustache on. Yeah, um, these cheat days may prevent binges because it does allow them to have, again, said quote unquote flexibility. They know coming up, they're going to have a day when they can eat whatever they want. So, you know, they can just stay disciplined for these last couple of days. When they get to Saturday, they'll be able to finally eat whatever. And yeah, this might work for a little while, you know, a few weeks, even a few months of this kind of cycle, but over time, it's going to get really hard to go from that cheat day back to your again quote unquote discipline and get again, heavy air quotes, quote unquote, back on track when those binges become something you look forward to so much in the other days or days that you just like dread. I think we need to find the balance, which will give some tips on, you know, what to do instead, like we said, but again, this isn't going to work long-term because it's going to get you stuck in that diet cycle of like restrict, binge, restrict, binge, restrict, binge. And over time, you know, that can lead to a lot of problems like weight cycling and increased food preoccupation. Um, We always talk about how dieting is like the number one predictor of weight gain. And if you are doing having cheat days, that is a diet. So all those things we discussed in the previous episodes about diets not being good, cheat days kind of falls into all of that. Yeah. And also the idea of a cheat day, seems to kind of give that illusion of flexibility but what happens if you your friends want to go out for dinner on a day that is not a cheat day or you have family come in or you have a date 
<laughs> we talk about all these things. Like we never talk about the dating aspect of food. I know we are so touched, <laughs> we're so out of reality with that. We, yeah, we don't. We're not. We we're do not know what's going on. Relationships. Yeah, we have no idea how to date people. Um, but I actually realized this talking to like some of my patients because I just don't think about it because I'm out of touch. Um, where they're like, yeah. And they'll ask me about like alcohol, like what the best alcohol to drink is. Cause I'm like, I want to drink on my date. And I'm like, oh, people <laughs> go out for drinks on dates. What? Not just, like, like brunch with the girlfriends? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these, it's a planned binge. So like there's still structure to it. It's not really that flexible, but like life happens, things happen. What happens if you aren't able to go to the grocery store that week? Or what happens if you're coming back from vacation and you aren't able to get your normal supplies and you have to rely more on those like convenience items that are very beneficial and giving you kind of some food? It's not as flexible as it seems. And also it makes life really hard to live when you have like maybe one cheat day a week. I don't even know how often people do cheat days. Um, I was never in that realm because I was never even on the disciplined quote unquote track. <laughs> so very like not sure what was going on there, but um, it makes it really hard to live and not fun because there is a way to include all foods in your everyday life. And exactly like, what if you just like spread your cheat day foods out through every day of the week and like strategically included them regularly. Yeah. I think that's a lot more of a balanced you'd, approach. You'd probably than... not overeat them. As exactly. Much. You probably might feel a little bit better if your body's going from the sudden change from like a disciplined day to a cheat day. It's a vicious cycle and it's a very polarizing way to think. And as we all know here, as we're all tud buds, <laughs> nutrition is not as black and white as we want it to be. So typically if there's something as polarizing with thought, it's not always correct or good to follow. Yeah. Let's go on to our next problems because we have more. <laughs> um, <laughs> our next issue with cheat days is that it takes away from really big piece of intuitive eating, which is honoring your hunger and feeling your fullness which just goes with dieting in general, you know, for on a diet, which you are for the other days of the week that you're not doing the cheat day, you likely are going to be possibly ignoring some hunger. Um, and then when you get to your cheat day, you're likely going to eat past fullness. You're not really staying in that, that middle ground there. And the cheat days, like I said, often lead to you overeating because you have permission to do so on these days. Yeah. It's exciting yeah. to like be able to eat whatever you want, which it doesn't need to be that restrictive, but people will so many, so many times just push past because you're just, you're just so excited to eat like fun foods. <laughs> and then you tend to, and you're like, oh no, I'm not, I'm going to have to wait a week until I can eat this food again. So I'm going to overeat it now because I'm able to, I'm allowed to experience it today. I would never do a 10,000 calorie cheat day because I just know I would probably vomit. I would love to interview a YouTuber that did one and be like, yo, we can keep this on the download, but we're going to post it on the podcast. <laughs> um, how did you feel like 
Right. You could right. have felt good, especially if your body's not used to that many, like no one's eating that much regularly unless you are like Michael Phelps. Right. Michael Phelps isn't even doing that anymore because he is retired, but he was literally like a world renowned Olympian. So going from probably in restriction or whatever, or even whatever phase people are in, in their discipline diet, 10,000 calories is going to feel really different (laughs) on your body. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not going to feel good. It's going to feel forced. And like, even though you have permission, like, why would you want permission to do that? It's going to be terrible. You're going to have a terrible time. Yeah. And you can't even enjoy it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And to play like devil's advocate for people who are being like Emily, Hannah, people's cheat days don't consist of 10,000 calories. That's just the clickbait. I'm like, yes, that is the clickbait. I will agree with you on that. Um, But it still drives overconsumption, like large overconsumption of food that you are not, your body's just not used to. Like your body's, your body doesn't like change. That's an overarching theme with everything going on from like, weight changes to food consumption to the types of foods we're consuming um it wants to stay the same and if we throw it off you're gonna it's gonna take some time to recover and feel okay or wherever okay feel feel okay for whatever you have going on then yeah yeah period so our last our last problem um so (laughs) we kind of touched on this but there is that strong push for have, being disciplined, quote unquote, and having willpower, quote unquote, for those other six days of the week. You have to stick to whatever planet is. The grind is there. I think where we were talking, I was like, I was talking to someone oh. recently who said they don't like the word grind. Well, it was probably me. I hate it. was it. definitely you. <laughs> I haven't really talked to many people in the, recently, <laughs> so it was probably you. It was probably me. Um, but it really emphasizes like the grind never stops. So you have to push through, you have to be disciplined. And then you just go absolutely wild and bonkers on your cheat day. It's just like, I'm thinking of weird things right now. I'm like, I was thinking it's like Mickey Mouse Playhouse. That's what? <laughs> we can I delete this. If you don't want to tell everyone you have COVID, we can delete this. But like Emily has COVID. So that's why her brain is it's like- okay, they can know. What is they happening? Can... <laughs> if I say, if I- I've been absent from the internet for like two weeks. So So you're relying on like old core memories from childhood (laughs) for your analogy. I have no short-term memory, right? I have not absorbed any information recently. I have to go really far back, but yeah, it's just a while. Maybe fun house. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Like, Mm. like, you know, the carnival fun house, that's what your cheat day is. It's just crazy. Um, because you're being so strict with yourself on those other six days where it doesn't need to be that way. It does not need to be that way. If you need to hear this, you can not, you don't need to do cheat days or cheat meals. You don't need that. You don't have to label it as that. You can allow all foods. And for all those other people that say, well, you're telling me to eat donuts for every meal. No, we are not. No, you wouldn't, you would not feel good. You we get to, you, know, you have permission to do that, but you yeah, would feel like actual could. trash. Yeah. Which I assume you want to feel semi-okay in life, but like that <laughs> is an assumption that I will not make. Cause you know, 
life is hard. <laughs> so. That's true. If you want to feel crummy, I guess that's your choice to do so. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a good segue <laughs> into what we think you should do instead. So yes, speaking to the willpower point in intuitive eating, like willpower, isn't a thing. Like there doesn't need to be willpower when it comes to eating because willpower creates the like assumption that you're doing something that is terrible that you have to like push through and have you know it's motivation to do it but like eating should be a joyful experience you don't need willpower and consistency is going to get you a lot lot further so honoring that hunger feeling that fullness including these desserts if that's your quote unquote bad food on a regular basis that way you don't overeat them that's going to get you a lot further than willpower is because willpower comes and goes. You've, you've likely never felt motivated for longer than a couple of days on anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Hannah said, food is supposed to be fun. Like eating is not, yes, food is fuel, but also it's so much more than that. It's social events. It's bonding. It's enjoying, like you, you, you have to eat. That is like, you, you have to eat. It's, you don't get away around this. So may as well have a good time. Well, um, there are so little things you can control in this world. Food is kind of one of them. We have some control of what we eat. I say that lightly. But allowing yourself to eat a piece of chocolate every day is not only going to take that food off of the pedestal you have in your head, but you're not going to overeat as much. You're able to enjoy that fun food every day. Whereas like maybe you hold off and then you end up eating like an entire Portillo's chocolate cake oh, on your cheat day. That sounds so good. I love Portillo's chocolate so cake. Good. And like, you're not a bad person if you eat chocolate and you're not a good person if you just eat broccoli. So like, yeah. you're not being bad if you do have that chocolate cake or whatever else. Yeah. You know how we're on this floating rock? Yeah, it, we have much bigger issues <laughs> going on than you eating chocolate every day or chips or whatever it is you enjoy eating. Right. I know people are going to hate this. The The gym bros are going to come get me, but like, don't take it so seriously. Like life is not that serious. Like you could have goals, have your goals, whatever. Oh, but yeah. like, oh, I'm yeah, at the absolutely. age and time in my life now where I'm like, it's not that serious. <laughs> no <laughs> I'm not going to be stressing about some chocolate cake that's yeah. going to add joy to my life actually not stress yeah it's going to make me a little bit happier yeah well um, another I would say like general tip of what to do going back to the consistency piece we always talk about um like what a balanced meal looks like trying to get protein at every meal so I say that's a big one too we will need to do like a full episode on balanced blood sugars, balanced plates. We always touch on it, but we should definitely do it a full, a full yeah. episode. Um, but like you guys know, if you are a long time listener, we always talk about trying to get protein at every meal, be sure to have some carbs in there. Something I always say is we don't want to eat our carbs naked, which means you have any kind of carb rich food, like fruit or starch or, um, like sweets, that kind of thing. We always want to have some kind of protein, especially with it. Cause that will help to balance blood sugars. You'll feel fuller for longer, things like that because you'll just feel better. Like if you just had on your cheat day, a dozen donuts, yeah, you'll get some protein there, but it's going to be mostly carbs, a bunch of naked carbs. You're going to just feel terrible from that blood sugar roller coaster you're going to be experiencing. Yeah. I think the blood sugar episode will be really beneficial, honestly. Blood sugar is like all 
it's kind of like its own little trend right now. Um, Sometimes in a not good way with like, yeah. Have you seen the blood sugar King or whatever his name is with the stupid monitor? I, because we won't get into that. That's (laughs) I have a lot of opinion. (laughs) We won't get into that. Yeah. The guy who has like the monitor doctor. Dr. King. I, I know. I know. Like Danielle talked about in our diabetes. Oh yeah. Episode where like, if you don't, or if you aren't like diabetic, you don't need a continuous blood glucose monitor because one, they're hard to get it. Exactly. To sum it up, they're hard to get up, like a hold up. There's a shortage. Diabe- diabetics have enough to go through with how much they pay for insulin to keep them alive. But I know that like blood sugar stability is very important. Like we we know this. We I don't have to tell you this, but like you know this. Um, but I feel like it's almost being pushed a little bit too much where it's like, there's like a fear around it now yes. where I'm like, we can, there are cues, like your body sends you cues when your blood sugar is too high or too low. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely do an episode on that. And if you want to learn more about stabilizing blood sugars, you should join the wait list for our course <laughs> coming out because we have an entire section on that. Um, so if you want to learn a bit, a little bit more hands-on, be sure to check it out on our website. We don't talk about our course enough. Please tell your friends. We're, tell really, your friends. Bad at, we're really bad at marketing. It's going to be amazing. It's like literally everything. It's like all yeah. the intuitive eating principles. It's like actual practical, like grocery shopping, meal planning, balanced blood it, sugar tips. It's like it everything. literally everything we have in our brain and you can then have access to our brain. And then that's and it's like need. both of our brains too. So like we yeah. both are making all the slides together. So like things that I don't think about or don't say usually Emily is going to say or put in the slides mm-hmm. it's like both of our giant brains in one giant course <laughs> giant <laughs> so yeah we'll link the course uh waitlist in the episode description but yeah, yeah. well I don't even know if we've how many tips we've given I don't know that's an alternative but like I- we hope you have some there's probably a lot. We like talked about like consistency. We talked about, um, blood sugar stability, like still practicing, like gentle nutrition, like Mm -hmm. building well-balanced meals. So you don't feel those crashes as much, including whatever you would classify as cheat foods and your regular day, if you want to have them. Yeah. So you you don't don't have have to, to you don't (laughs) exactly. You don't want to, you don't, you don't have to. I know it's the beauty of it. Yeah. So yeah, final thoughts with cheat days and cheat meals. So if you have to cheat on your diet is probably not a diet you should be doing. And it's probably also not going to be sustainable. Cheat days also really perpetuate an unhealthy relationship with food, which we are not a fan of. That's kind of like one of our biggest passions in life I guess is I also hate the word passion passion and grind make me want to like you don't like the word passion no it gives me grind vibes but I don't what know about what else when to people use. say I'm like passionate about I know I think this. it can be used well and like I obviously have passions of my own I'm very passionate about a lot of things but yeah. I just like the word passion gets overused I actually remember like in in college at Purdue oh yeah oh, okay yeah. you were in that class of course you were we had like all our classes together <laughs> They always said like, don't use the word passionate in like cover letters or interviews because it's so I, overused. As 
I use passionate all the time in interviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, not the applications. Yeah. I have the source on my side then. Yeah. Um, anyway, that doesn't matter. I just have a lot of thoughts sorry, around I, passionate grinds. I'll think, I'll think of another word. Hold on. Passionate grind would be a good band name. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. I don't know what their vibe would be. Like an R&B, like 2000s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's bring back 2000s music. It's a song that, <laughs> um, oh, gosh, what's her name? Mary J. Blige would, would write. Oh, yeah. Passionate grind. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yes. Well, anyway, we're just really excited. We get really excited talking about yeah. your relationship with food. And we want to help you have a better relationship with food. Um, and the biggest thing is cheat days often lead to that restricting binge cycle because they are binges in disguise. We've got a little something up our sleeve for our bonus question today. Yeah, We had an old guest pop back on so graciously mm-hmm. because if you remember back in the collagen episode, what episode number was that? Um, hold please. 63. Oh, oh there we go. So episode 63, we talked about collagen for about half the episode. And the other half of the episode we talked about is fish meat and various other controversial questions. So our friend, Emily, who we had back on in the day, who was a veterinarian, um, (laughs) she listened to the episode, had a lot of thoughts about what we had to say. And she so graciously provided us with answers to our burning questions in that bonus question. Yeah. So we are excited to share this with you. We learned a lot. Um, If you had a lot of concerns about what we had to say, very valid. We do know where we are new individuals now with a better um, sense of farm animal like in food science. So enjoy. Enjoy. So Emily, you listened to our collagen episode and your, um, I will allow you to share how you felt about our (laughs) answers to the questions, but we wanted to bring an expert on. So I feel like we should start off with where the bonus question started is our, is fish meat? I feel like we should just start off there because that's where kind of from there on out, we kind of spiraled, but let's, that's valid. The source. I honestly feel like that was, that part was mostly fine. It just kind of went off the rails. It went on for like 20 minutes. Cause I really, I, I, I agreed. I I think with where you guys ended up. Um, cause yes, I agree that a lot of people don't consider fish to be meat because exactly what you said like people saying they are a vegetarian but then they eat meat and like pescatarians and all that but like at the heart of it like fish is meat meat is muscle meat is myofiber so like any living animal that has muscle and you eat that that is meat so fish is meat but as a culture we sometimes just decided that it isn't and I honestly couldn't tell you why that happened but yeah, it definitely is. It definitely gives you protein and it definitely is meat at the heart of it. But then okay. you started asking. <laughs> okay, things. yes. Please segue. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. You asked if <laughs> eggs are meat. I don't, 
I don't 100% well, know where you guys ended up with that, but eggs aren't meat. I had asked and then Emily like went on this other topic about whatever else. And I was like, no, That's Emily, I asked you a question. Are eggs meat? I think and we said eggs were meat because of like the it's food not categories. Because it's not dairy. That, that was our <laughs> oh, yeah. It's either dairy or it's meat. That's it. Yeah. So other categories exist. <laughs> so dairy is any product that either is milk or is derived from milk. So eggs are not milk and eggs are not right derived there. from milk. So <laughs> eggs are not dairy. Though I agree again that like a lot of grocery stores put it as dairy. And again, that's just like a cultural thing, I think, because like you could call it an animal product, but that just doesn't sound as good. Um, but yeah, not dairy. They're also not meat though, because see again, meat is animal muscle. Technically, okay, like even our muscle, like my arm is meat technically. Um, right. I wouldn't eat it though, but <laughs> so eggs are not meat either. Eggs are protein. You could call them an animal product, but you would be wrong to call it meat and you'd be wrong to call it dairy. And I did want to just clarify one thing because I think, I think Hannah, it was you at one point you started asking about like pro-life chickens and like, but like, <laughs> yes. Do you realize that like, the eggs that we eat are not fertilized. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. I just want to like, like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. A chicken. It couldn't become a chicken if it wanted to. I'm very glad you clarified, but yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Thankfully okay. I did Good. have that knowledge somewhere in my brain. Yes. <laughs> so no one thinks that like we're eating because, because I feel like that's the whole, like, I understand if people don't want to eat eggs because they don't want to eat any animal products at all, but, like, eating an egg isn't murdering anyone. That egg will never be alive. <laughs> it will never turn into anything. It will just rot away. So. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. We tried to steer clear from going too much into, like, a. Yeah. No, we don't have to, like, a, talk a debate about on that one. Eggs, but, yes. But yes I just yes, want to yes, say, yes. like, they aren't fertilized, the ones that we eat. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, you mentioned like they'd be an animal product. I totally agree on. I'm trying to think like what other animal products we eat that aren't meat, dairy, or eggs. I think that's really it, at least in our honey general culture. Oh, honey. That's a good one. Um, and then there's animal products that we don't eat. So right. like wool and like fiber, things like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, most animal, I think the issue is like most animal products are dairy because most animal products are milk-based. So it's like milk, butter, which comes from milk, cheese, which comes from milk, yogurt, which comes from milk, like everything is milk. So I feel like rather than call it animal products, just so you can include eggs, they just call it dairy, even though it's <laughs> <Yeah>. not. <laughs> okay. That's my so assumption. I don't own a grocery store, but <laughs> it makes a lot of sense for a marketing standpoint. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we get into the really heavy hitter? Do chickens have hooves? <laughs> we need to talk about <laughs> Okay. <Yeah. laughs> so I know that like one blog said that they have hooves, but they don't have hooves. Um, okay. So like a hoof, a hoof is just like the horny covering of the third digit of a foot. And it's made of keratin. And technically... And this is, this is kind of depending on who you ask. Like, I'm sure you'll find farmers who say that their chickens have hooves or talons or whatever, but like technically a chicken has feet and then those feet have nails and 
because it's like a wild animal you could call them claws if you wanted to you couldn't call them talons because they have to be a bird of prey to have talons like a bird or a predator bird i'm sorry i think i said that i don't know they have to they have to be a predator and chickens are omnivores but they don't like eat other birds they only eat insects so like I wouldn't call it talons if someone did I wouldn't fight them about it but they're not hooves (laughs) so I could not call my toenails hooves or talons based on no those descriptors okay if you really wanted to to call them claws you probably could because it's not really like a well-defined term like usually like a claw is basically just a nail but on like a feral animal (laughs) so you know me (laughs) um okay this is so good you don't have hooves I don't (laughs) I don't have hooves okay Um, I'm thinking if there's anything else what about the only thing I want to ask about is the lamb versus sheep oh okay yeah okay so first okay a goat is a different animal than a sheep. Like, I just want to make sure we know that. <laughs> Our heads were all over the place. I, I, think, I think we know that. Like, two different barnyard animals, and, and we eat both of them. I mean, I've, I've only ever eaten goat in the context of Mediterranean food and Indian food. So, like, if you don't eat those things, maybe you've never had goat. It basically just takes, like, sheep, honestly, or lamb. Um but usually it's like so heavily spiced that I don't even know what I'm like, what protein I'm eating anyways. So, um, but yeah, goat exists. We drink their milk and we eat their meat and then sheep. Okay. So please tell me that, you know, that a lamb is just a baby sheep. Okay. I think right? that's what we thought, but then we were like, really like, you were just co- questioning everything. <laughs> we had dairy and eggs and fish on the brain too. It was just a lot. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So a lamb is a baby sheep. <laughs> a lamb like there's no difference it's just you know like we call a baby is just a baby human like there you go um technically when you're talking about eating them um if you are like served meat and that meat is lamb that comes from a sheep that is less than a year old and the difference is as sheep age like any sheep younger than a year the meat's really tender kind of like you know do you know what veal is Mm -hmm. okay yeah so lamb is veal like I mean it's the equivalent it's a young sheep and then if they're older than two years it's mutton which you've maybe heard of like from renaissance fairs Mm -hmm. or like medieval set shows like (laughs) mutton um and it's it's just much tougher and much chewier and like generally not very good. It's not really common to find mutton, like, because normally people don't want to buy that. They just want to eat lamb. And then technically if you have a lamb or like a sheep that is between one and two years old, it's called hogget. Um, But like not a lot of people outside of food scientists use that term. I don't think usually people just call that mutton too, but it's like, kind of better than mutton but worse than lamb (laughs) um but yeah no like the naming convention that's just purely like we have names for things to 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 signify that like this is a young animal and the meat is tender and moist just like veal for cows okay that makes sense like it makes sense yes and yeah and you mentioned like goat's milk people drink goat's milk oh yeah okay every what you're saying about like dairy being specific to cows 
Like I get what you're saying, but like goat's milk <laughs> is definitely dairy. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Like any milk is dairy. But I okay. understand that like normally if I was like, I'm gonna go to the dairy section, I probably wouldn't buy goat's milk. But I think that's also like a cultural thing. Cause if you're in India, I think they drink a lot more goat's milk than us because cows are sacred. But I don't know that for sure. Like I am now I'm just sort of reaching. I know about meat, not about <laughs> cultural dairy habits. <laughs> That makes sense. Okay. Um, okay. I feel like there's definitely at least one other thing. I like wrote notes down about the questions you guys were talking about. I love that. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So you got really hung up on like what type of meat is pork? Oh, yes. Is it red meat or not? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or is it like yeah, poultry, okay. like its own category? Yes. yes yeah. Because yes. I mean, I think, I think you just confused yourselves because like pork is the category. You know, like, oh my gosh. like <laughs> that's the cat. That's like saying Pork, like what poultry. Cat- yes. Okay. I, I kind of like, if you're trying to place it in red versus white meat, like I get that. But as far as like, what type of meat is it? Like pork is pork. Like pork is, that is the name for the type of meat that comes from swine. Um, but yeah, red meat versus white meat is actually like a very hard question to answer. So that's valid that it's confusing because it really depends on who you ask. Um, because technically so the reason why some meat we clearly are like this is red meat is because it physically is red like meat um beef is red compared to poultry which is white just in appearance and the reason for why that is is because a meat from a cow has more myoglobin in it which is a certain type of protein that contains heme which is another protein and it contains more iron and the heme and the iron give it a red color but then it gets really complicated because like with a cow it's really obvious like there's so much myoglobin in there that it physically looks red and in poultry they have so little myoglobin that it physically looks white but with pork there's more myoglobin than chicken but like where is the cutoff and what is the barrier? And for a long time, pork was classified as red meat. And then because of, have you guys heard the studies where it's talking about how like red meat is worse for you than white meat? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Okay. Which that is also like very controversial. Um, That depends on who you ask, but in general, like there were all of these studies that were like, oh my God, red meat's bad for you. Don't eat red meat. So then all the pork producers were like, oh heck, no one's going to buy our pork. So then there was a massive marketing campaign where they were like, it's pork, the other white meat. Uh, I was going to say, I've heard that. Yes. And literally that's just marketing. Like the drama. Cause, <laughs> cause I mean, cause pork does have more myoglobin than poultry, but does it matter? Probably not. So does it really matter what they market it as? No. Like at the end of the day, there's benefits to eating pork. It does have to eat pork just the same way as any meat. And nobody really knows if it's good or bad. Um, but yeah, it really depends on who you ask. I'm not sure if there's actually an official statement from the USDA, but I was always taught in my like food science classes that red meat is any mammal, which would include pork and would include beef, deer, goat, lamb, like every mammal. And then white meat is non-mammals, which would be poultry and seafood for the most part that like covers almost everything. But like, it really does depend on who you ask. So that's, that one's up for debate. (laughs) That's so interesting. 
Also, you just like re-triggered so much of my food science knowledge <laughs> with the myoglobin mm-hmm. and heme. And I was like, I forgot this information was in there. Uh-huh. Right now, I've never had to use it. Um, I'm like picturing my food but, science workbook right now. It's yeah. Like, it's, that's all I can see in my head. I'm imagining the like diagram of like the pig. Yeah. It's like the different types, the areas. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Dr. Saviano. Is that who we had? Doesn't matter. Anyway. It definitely starts with an S, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got him and someone else. The, the two S old professors. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the pork drama. That is so the other white me. meat. There's, there's <laughs> a lot of drama. There's drama about bacon. Basically, it's a lot of just one study will come out. And then the industry doesn't want their entire food to just be discarded. So they're like, how can we spin this? How can, and it's hard to know what really is valid or isn't valid because a lot of the studies, especially with red versus white meat, a lot of the studies find that like people who eat more red meat are less healthy, but they can't really prove is it because they ate the red meat or is it because something else they weren't healthy to begin with because the people who aren't eating red meat some like half of them are vegetarians so like it's it's entirely different lifestyles to begin with so the data is kind of garbage anyways mm-hmm. so i don't have an answer for that <laughs> that applies to like okay. most of the world of nutrition yeah yeah fair what's actually real we don't know yeah i like the mammal and non-mammal explanation though that helps yeah and i mean again at the end of the day it's just a label it just is true that since the categories are subjective if you think about it fish are very white and chickens are very white both of them have less iron than everything else so it kind of kind of works out it's a good way to put it it's all just a label so i don't know why we even have these bonus questions (laughs) (laughs) we we just like (laughs) we just like fighting about stuff i think no, it was a good question. I mean, like I said, I would definitely argue fish or meat, but I also completely understand why like people just don't think of it as meat for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, Emily. It's so good to have <laughs> our, what's the word, our residential veterinarian to sure. answer these world turning questions for us. You have to say any other burning livestock questions. <laughs> well, did you hear me saying the bonus question? I was like, I don't even know anything about farm animals. It seems yeah. like, like I'm just embarrassing <laughs> myself right now. It's uh, I mean, yeah, I guess if you've never really had to know mm-hmm. things about livestock, I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah. But well, um, if we ever have any other questions similar to this, and you hear them and you are jarred by what we say please text us and we can get you back on to answer (laughs) (laughs) fantastic cool all right emily well thank you so much for this bonus bonus question that we really appreciate it (laughs) definitely hope you guys enjoyed that i'm sure you learned the answer to the question do chickens have hooves that was my (laughs) most burning question from that bonus question that was actually our fish meat (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we hope you enjoyed today's episode please go Go check out the course we're linking it you can check it out at the join the wait list we are so excited to share this with you 
this fall. I don't even know when this episode's coming out. Um, uh, September. Okay, perfect. It'll probably not be out. Still, it'll either will be out or you can join the wait list. But anyway, there'll be information on the website. So definitely go check that out. And we will chat with you guys next week. Peace out. Go enjoy regular food every day. Peace out, Girl Scout. That's what the kids are saying now. I think the kids said that back in 2004. (laughs) They're bringing it back. Oh, okay. (laughs) I've seen it come up a lot more. So really? I'm trying to keep myself up to date with what the youths are saying. We are really living in the 90s these days. I I was looking at jeans online (laughs) and like skinny jeans are not in. No, I'm kind of glad. Me too. Because like those are are, hard to get your calves around. Yeah, you're telling me. I got monster calves. (laughs) Also, I saw a lot of low rise on the market. I do not want to go back to low rise. I'm not. I'm. I'm not doing that. No, 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 no. Maybe mid rise, but high rise till I die. Like up to my belly button or higher at least. <laughs> up to my sternum, please. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if there's not a bony structure there, don't even think about it. <laughs> How do we always right. do this? Okay, episode over. We're done. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Have next a good week. rest of your day, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of The Upbeat Dietitians with your hosts, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.